0: All right, all right, good people. Welcome back to the Habits of the Home podcast, Advent edition. I hope that everyone has, at this stage, engaged with our patron patron saint. Patron saint? <laughs> patron saint? What is it? Is it a patron? P- patron, patron saint. Patron, patron saint. saint, yes. Michael Bublé. Yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that, Stuart? I was not expecting that, but... Uh... No, I don't sure. think so. Sure, Let me, sure, let's, okay. Yeah, that's
1: good. Like, not Sinatra.
0: Do, do you know what it is? Like he every... is the Sinatra of our day, and some people are going to be mad at me for saying that, but I mean that, and like, at Christmas time, he is crooning, he is... on Honestly, you see him on the Asda advert?
1: I haven't seen him on the Asda advert yet. Also,
0: Asda, if you would like to sponsor yes, us, sponsor... we are open <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any product that we mention Any is going to be an opening for a sponsor. You can yeah. send
0: us anything. Brussels sprouts. Sure. Whatever. Michael Bublé,
1: do you want to be our sponsor?
0: <laughs> he was on the Asda advert. And honestly, adverts work on me. I'm like, I got to go to Asda. Asda's got it going on. <laughs>
1: if Michael Bublé shops in Asda, then I'm going to shop in Asda and too. He
0: had, everything was in Asda. Even the suit he had on, Asda was selling. Oh, that's smart. I was like, that's uh-oh. Smart. Was it a good suit? Well, uh, this suit was a good it, suit, yeah, okay. and I doubt that it actually was That's ASDA. That's true. That is true. But uh, listen, I'm not going to knock an ASDA suit. Sure. Listen, yeah, yeah. we yeah. all have budgets. Absolutely. I got Gucci dreams on an ASDA budget, so I might be, <laughs> I might be decked out in ASDA. At the Christmas (laughs) Eve service this year. That's great. Um, Anyway, welcome back. We're really excited to spend this Advent with you, journeying with you Mm. as a community, as we prepare our hearts to receive the most incredible gift, um, the Messiah, the Mm. Christ child, um, God with us. And, And as always, I am joined by my most favorite co-host of all time, Stuart Bothwell. Hey, Stu.
1: Hey, Deanna. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good to be back doing this with you. It's great. Love that we're talking about Habits at Home.
0: Yeah, this year, not this year, this episode. Last episode, we talked about preparing to prepare. Yeah. Um, In this episode, we're going to go ahead and call this one Hosting Hope. Yeah. Um, If you're anything like me, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I love well i love christmas we all know. yeah we all know it's no secret i do love hosting
1: hospitality is one of well it, it is a gift that you have but also it's a joy for you 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 love
0: there is absolutely i love it love, it, love it, wh- it
1: why is it that you love it so much
0: <sighs> can i be honest with you Cause sure i'm just gonna say I'm, I'm gonna be super super um transparent in this series Not in any other series. Every other series, I'll fake it. You were faking it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Last year. Last year was was all a load of lies. Not true. Not true at all. Oh, by the way, before we jump into that, go back and listen to last year's episodes right because this is not a redoing no this is not taking the place of last year last year really set us up it's something really special that we will not be repeating in the same way yes but it was uh such a joy to record and there was so much good stuff in it but i think you'll understand why we're doing what we are doing every year yeah at this time of year when you go back and listen. Totally.
1: I think particularly episode two from last year where we walk everybody through the daily rhythm is really helpful if you're yeah. doing this for the first time. Absolutely. Uh, just to be able, to, we do spend a lot of time just walking through what the morning blessing looks like, yeah. what the time of gathering looks like and what the evening blessing looks like. So if, the, if this is new to you, if you're new to our community, if you're trying to help, us out, help us out the home out for the first time definitely do jump back to those earlier episodes because it'll help you set Uh, up really well. Absolutely. And even
0: though the booklet itself will be slightly different this year, um, we're not rewriting these liturgies every year, but we are um, interacting with you guys. We're doing them in our own families. And when we see something that works better or didn't work so well, we're tightening it up. We're cleaning it up. And so although it's slightly different, those episodes are still very much relevant to what's happening in the Habits of the Home Advent book. But, um, so yes, go back. Into, and the other thing I want to say to people before we jump into mm-hmm. my hostess with the mostess sure. situation. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, last year, Stuart Bothwell, when you think he has no other talents, did, guys, he put together playlists that honestly changed my life. They changed Whoa. my life. We use them in our house. And they are actually divided up to go along with every week of advent, yeah, yeah. I mean it was
1: we, we, we it was really we really went the to time last year on We yeah
0: yeah, so in in the show notes, um you will find we will try to remember put a link to those spotify playlists absolutely um and then um we will also put a link to a lot of other things that we uh reference here, yeah. Um, today, but yeah, back to yeah. The whole so, talk
1: thing. in terms of hospitality for you. Yeah. Why? Let me ask you a, a, a question in two parts. Why is it important to you? Mm-hmm. But then, why do you love it so much? Those yeah. are they're two different. I guess I would love to hear the why, but also just the sense of joy that it brings you. Because yeah. I know both of those things are really key. Yeah. As you look at the the act, the acts of hospitality. Yeah.
0: I'll be really honest with you. I think any of us who enjoy hospitality, as with all things, yeah. there is an element to it that's slightly selfish. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And so that's okay. I'm, I'm working through that and dealing with that. But I, I do love, I'm, a, I'm like my grandmother. I'm a feeder mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. I like people to feel comfortable. I want, I have this deep need to bring people in and, and give them a sense of being home. Even just for a little minute, over right. a, a tiny meal, I think it's because I know how much that means to me. To for someone to feed me, yeah. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that we are all called to hospitality. Absolutely. As people who follow Jesus, some of us enjoy it more than others. Sure. For some of us, it is way more of a sacrifice and a death to self. Yeah. Than for others, but even for me, there is that element of. Um, sacrifice. But the part that I think I love the most, which yeah. is really weird, is the preparation. Yeah. It, there's something about, we've talked about this before, yeah. the yeah. act of setting my table yeah. with others in mind. Yes. The act of even tidying my house with others in mind. You know, uh, And the why behind it all. I don't clean my house so you think I'm always clean. Sure. And that you think, oh my gosh, how does Dana have it all together? Right. If you know me, you know I have very little together. But when I clean my house before people come over, it's almost like a way of preparing myself to receive you. Mm. Of saying that you were important Mm. enough that when you walk in my house, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Yes. I want you to feel like there's space for you. Yeah. I want you to feel like you can take your shoes off and put your feet up on the sofa. Because there's a gift... In that there's something where all of our souls are weary. We all need someone to welcome us in. We Absolutely. all need someone else to make us a meal every once in a while. Absolutely. And so I, I do really, really love that. I, I love the practice of that. And I also love to receive that if anyone's listening and would like to invite <laughs> me and my family over. There's something about Sponsors not having to wash the are welcome dishes for this. that is yeah. just, yep, especially it. if you're a parent, yep. it's like, That's that's the miracle of life. Like, that's a supernatural situation when I don't have to clean the kitchen. You know what I
1: mean? Oh,
0: 100%. But yeah, so hosting hope. Yes. We all know that hosting is not easy.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yes, 100%. It
0: just isn't. And there's a plethora of things that can go wrong. Sure. So that's why this idea of going into a season where we're. We're all sort of expected to host on some level.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Even a little bit. Yep. For some of us, is striking fear into our hearts. What are you like with hosting, Stuart? I do,
1: I love hosting as well. Um, hosting with a fifteen-month-old oh, is 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 tricky. It is tricky. So we're probably, they're working against you, those children. Oh, one hundred percent. I've I've learned in the past fifteen months that parenthood is essentially the art of putting a whole lot of crap into a whole lot of small boxes, <laughs> you know? It's just, it's constantly just like yes. picking up stuff and putting them into boxes and then those boxes are emptied out the next day and then you're putting yeah. them back into boxes again. So yeah. hosting is, is tricky right now, yeah. but uh, I do, I, I I love cooking. I love, I love having people around for food. But yeah, we're probably in that stage now of actually, like you said, of going to people's houses more yeah. um, and so we do, we do love that. And so hospitality is such a, is such a key thing for us all. I totally agree. Absolutely. And, but there is a sense of, I guess, whenever it comes to this Advent, that does come with so much pressure for oh people. And there is that, that perfectionist streak that we all do yeah. have. Yeah. And that, um, I think it's also very much an Irish thing of, Hosting being like a performance.
0: It is performative. It is, yeah. and
1: that that can be really difficult, you know. And I, I guess, and we talked about this a lot last year. Of again, as we talked about in the last episode, of just lowering the expectations yeah. and looking after yourself whenever yeah. it comes to this Christmas time, yeah. so that you don't come off the back of it absolutely
0: knackered, absolutely off. knackered with expectations that no one was going to meet. Like the adverts we see on television. Yeah. The amount of money those people paid someone to come in and stage that table.
1: Oh, 100%. In August, whenever they record those adverts, you know.
0: Like, first of all, can we all just admit, we will never reach advert status. It's not going to happen. And if it does, you will be on your own. Absolutely. Because once you you put other people into your advert, it's all about to get messed up. 100%. So So we're back to what we said last week was like, lower the expectation.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But Absolutely. having said that, I know we're going to get deeper into the idea of our liturgy this week is about uh hosting heaven. Yeah. And uh we focus on Mary the mother of Jesus mm. and how what a beautiful way to describe what she uh sort of experienced as she carried the Messiah as like the most simple yet profound way of hosting heaven in her actual physical body absolutely um before we sort of dive dive deep into sort of the spiritual implications of that yeah what are some of your favorite sort of hosting hacks at this stage in your life now before you say that Mm -hmm. one of my hosting hacks when my kids were Elle's age Yeah. Was I went to other people's houses for Christmas. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we will be at my mom's this Christmas. And <laughs> yes. yes, we're very excited about that.
0: So, sometimes you just have to accept that you are going to bring a hosting energy with you. 100%. As you are being hosted.
1: Absolutely. I think ho- hosting hacks for me are... Well, I, I similar to you in terms of loving the preparation. I Whenever it comes to cooking is just giving yourself as much time as you possibly can. I think yeah. that's a big thing. Um, also just sticking to the recipe. It's oh so simple, gosh. but uh, I, I know that we've all watched The Bear this last year, watched Boiling Point and it's like, don't pretend to be like that. The just same. just like flair is for another time. Just stick to the recipe, just stick to that. Um, but I think also the the biggest thing for me whenever it comes to hosting hacks is uh, an Emma and I are are just really strong on this that whenever we have people around and there's just mess on the table and there's you know plates and cups everywhere whatever just leave it yeah you know just leave it and just do it after and just enjoy being together in the midst Mm -hmm. of just a social gathering where we're actually the the remnants of the meal are still lying about that's so fine like it's it's okay and actually i love um, I my mum is exactly the same. I've kind of um, followed her in this way of living. Is I love the clear up, but I love taking my time with the clear up. Yes. Like just enjoy it. Six of music oh. on. Everybody goes to bed or whatever. But just take your time um, to come off. Yep. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a introverted extrovert or extrovert yes. introvert whatever. I sit right in the middle. And so off the back of a big social time, I need the come down. Yeah. You know, and so just to enjoy that, but so not you feel You actually
0: like... don't want a ton of people in your kitchen washing. I'm the same way, Stuart. I, and I find it hard to explain this to people after I host them. Sure. And I'm in my kitchen just doing the preliminary tidy up Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, like, yes, totally. Like, what can I do? And I always go, honestly, it makes my heart happy. Yeah. When you go and sit or sit here at the island and just talk to me.
1: Well, yes, while that's happening, totally.
0: Because. In, in, I, I'm still trying to figure out, is that like a selfish thing because people want to help or whatever? We're going to do – one of our episodes is going to be on the feast, right? Yeah, absolutely. And would you remind me, I really do practically want to give some of our best tips sure. for like how the feast. Absolutely. Like how do you get it on the table? Yep. How do you not feed people raw turkey? <laughs> and <laughs> the best tips for tidying up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And so because if you're anything like me – Stuart's telling you just to relax while all the food is on tap. And I'm like, I-, I can't relax. I need to bring a little bit of order <laughs> yeah, yeah, to what totally, just happened. Totally. Right? So yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that later on. That's great. But I think those are really good tips for, for hosting. Mm. I like that. I-, I think you're right. I think it's the, for me, the key to a successful hosting experience is actually before it happens yeah. to sort of think about it from start to finish in my head. Yes, and think about what are going to be the most challenging challenging points of the night. Right, and most of the time that's you know in the cooking of the food totally, and then in the cleanup afterwards, and sort of making a little bit of a plan.
1: Absolutely, that's
0: great. But like we said, I think one of the reasons why your house is an incredible house to be hosted at is your playlist, by the way. Oh, thanks. They're very intentionally put together. Thanks. So if you need that service, I hear that Stu's starting a new business, uh, (laughs) playlisting.
1: Truthfully, (laughs) making playlists, it does fill my heart with a lot of joy. It's kind of like old school making mixtapes for people. So yeah, Yeah. if, if you want... If you want something,
0: hit like, Stuart Buffalo yeah, up ab- for a playlist. Absolutely. He has one for Stuart every... Stuart <laughs> at <Lagan Valley> <laughs> and just give me a shout. Absolutely. Here for playlists. Um, so we're talking about hosting hope. Yeah. Which is a really interesting um, idea, mm. particularly when you're talking, when you think about what it means to host, it's making room. Yes. It's preparing. Yeah. There's a bit of sacrifice in hosting. What does that mean to you to host hope over Advent?
1: yeah there's the making room thing is is so so important, and creating as much space as you possibly can um for for hope and for an openness to to something that is new and that is different. I always love the story of Elizabeth meeting mary so mary mm. Mary finds out that she's pregnant and she i think pretty much instantly um heads i think seventy miles to to be with Elizabeth. And then there's this wonderful interaction where um, John the baptizer, who is within Elizabeth's womb, leaps whenever Mary enters the room. Mm-hmm. This amazing, beautiful interaction. And I feel as if this, well, there's so much that is going on in this story. I think that there's, there's an amazing dynamic um, between uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy and, and Mary's pregnancy. And how even though Elizabeth has waited so long for this, that she is filled with joy whenever Mary is mm-hmm. is experiencing that. So young, and um, there's this wonderful holy community, this lovely bond that is created um, as these women gather together around waiting and promise. It's beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, there's also this like remarkable interaction that um, Elizabeth calls uh, Jesus, who is in utero, Lord, mm. and how he is. Being fearfully and wonderfully made, while at the same time is creator of everything that is fearfully and wonderfully made, like that—that's that, a theological mind bender right there. But, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that this this picture, this this story, is a wonderful picture or a parable, even of Advent for us, mm-hmm. of what it means for us to host hope. Um, because ultimately, I think what that picture shows us is that it is possible for that which is within us to leap. Yeah, for our souls to leap, um, and for our souls ultimately to leap with, with hope. Yeah, and that is very clear in Luke's writing of this in Luke one, that whenever the baby, when John the Baptizer leaps within, um, Elizabeth's womb, that Elizabeth is also filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I guess you, as Charismatics as Vineyard people i think it's so important to say that what we need to do to host hope is to create room for the holy spirit to infill us again and for us to be open to him and that's why the spiritual practices are really important that's why these simple simple practices of blessings prayers bible reading they're so important because it is the practices that create the conditions for us to encounter the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And so that's why we do need to really prioritize the practices in this season. Yeah. And I think that it's so key for us to be open to the spirit and filling us and indwelling us in this season, because the reality is, is that modern life, it goes in the opposite direction of hope. Mm-hmm. There's a, a writer I love, um, she writes for the New Yorker. her name's Gia Tolentino, and she was writing um, about just her interaction with her phone, and she calls it like it's the endless scroll, mm-hmm. uh, and she says that she realised that she spent more time on her phone that her life was shaped by three things, numb exhaustion, dull anxiety, mm. and near automated desire. Oh my goodness. And that is so often the shape of our lives, Mm -hmm. numb exhaustion, dull anxiety, and near automated desire. And yet for us as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity to experience something different Mm -hmm. and ultimately is experiencing hope. And Carl Rayner, he has this wonderful, wonderful line, which I think about often, where particularly as... Emma and I are raising Eliza, I think about this quote often thinking of like, what does following Jesus look like for our daughter in a decade's time or two decades time or three decades time? Mm -hmm. Partly, it's a slightly terrifying thought. Mm -hmm. And yet, as we choose to view that thought through the lens of hope, he says this, the devout Christian of the future will either be a mystic, and a mystic is what he's saying is somebody that has experienced something. Mm -hmm. So namely experiencing the presence of God Mm -hmm. or they will cease to be anything at all. Mm -hmm. That either the Christian of the future will either be someone who is open to experiencing God Mm -hmm. or being a Christian is going to be remarkably difficult. And so I think it's so important for us to recognize that whenever it comes to following Jesus, we need to be those that are open to experiencing him. Yeah. And um being open to his presence, being open to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, because through that we will be open to hope. Yeah. Like he comes to fill us with hope. Yeah. And um and hope is a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. And so we in the natural need to create space in our practices, in our rhythms, in our habits to be really open to that because the waters that we're swimming in, yeah. like they leave us exhausted. That's right. Anxious and just kind of a bit robotic. yeah. And yet, if we're able to host hope, it begins by us literally, as you've talked about, making room, mm-hmm. preparing ourselves to be open to hope filling our lives through That's the power so of the Holy good.
0: Spirit. That's so good. It, it makes me think about like how if you leave it up to... And I don't want to talk about culture like it's a bad thing outside of ourselves. We're all, we've all created this. Jesus doesn't want us to be removed from culture. He wants us to live in
1: it. Absolutely. But if
0: we leave it up to the culture that we've created. Yes. To dictate how our Advent is going to go. We will start out with something that is almost a, a twisted version of hope. And you talked about it in the last episode. You touched on this idea of restlessness. Yeah. And it's almost like we're all starting from the same point, and it's a point of longing. Absolutely. Of recognizing yeah. that there's something we need, but we don't have it in the fullness yet. Yes,
1: right? absolutely.
0: And the way we answer that culturally is we give ourselves the endless scroll, the right. consumeristic culture. There's always the new thing, there's always something claiming. Yes. To be able to fill that, fulfill that longing for you. And yet the moment it shows up at our house, we unbox it. We have this like two seconds of, yay, I got a new thing. And then the longing hits us again like a freight train. And I think that for me, I've had to reassess that idea that longing, that longing is a gift. Absolutely. That longing is a gift. And there's a reason why it's never, never satisfied until... We start to um, turn our hearts to Jesus in these rhythms, and it, it's not just the one time of turning your heart to Jesus. As you know, people are like, "When'd you get saved?" It was June of nineteen fifty-five, <laughs> and you know what I mean. And that's when I didn't have no more longings. And that's yeah, yeah, not true, yeah, really. Yeah, it's absolutely. What we're doing with these liturgies is saying it's a continuous returning. It's a going back to the well. It is. A constant reconnection with the object, actually, of our longing. Yeah. Which is God Himself. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, and it's that you know, famously Augustine said that our hearts are restless until they find its rest in You. Yeah. And the it's so clear by if you have lived for a day that our hearts carry within them deep, deep longings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruthie Lee Barton says that our desires or our longings are the most spiritual thing about us Mm -hmm. and it's so important for us to pay attention to our longings but truthfully we're all hardwired for longing for desire but the direction or the destination of that desire it is only ever satisfied in Jesus and so if we settle for happiness if we settle for uh, what you know big tech or companies are trying to sell us all of the mm-hmm. time the reality is is that we will end up in this restless state yeah. um, Marilyn Robinson says that the spirit of our age is joyless urgency mm-hmm. like we are just in this constant looping of urgently seeking after happiness yeah. and yet if we're able to recognize that in the presence of Jesus there is the fullness of joy if we yeah. are able to find rest in him he is the only one that will satisfy the deep well, the deep well of our longing. And so we need to, we need to create space for ourselves mm-hmm. this Advent to be able to have just a couple of moments to be able to draw our attention to him, recognizing that as we do that, we're meeting the one who will satisfy our deepest yeah. longings. Um, we all crave and ultimately we're craving Christ. And mm-hmm. so if we're able just to create space for us to be able to meet with him, mm-hmm. we will be able to experience something, experience something different, find a sense of our longings being met, yeah. but also a sense of hope just rising up within us.
0: That's so good. I'm just thinking a little bit about this idea of what does it look like in general in life, but particularly in this Advent, for us to intentionally host hope, Yeah, which is ultimately... Jesus. Yeah. And really practically, there's a couple there's there's not a lot of things that I've done like big things that I've done in my walk with Jesus that completely transformed everything. Right? Sure. Yeah. Like I can't think of one new devotion book that I got that transformed my yeah. life. Yeah, no
1: absolutely. I, you know, I can't yeah.
0: think of like one prayer meeting. But when I when I think about the things that actually made the most impact, They were the little and often things. Absolutely. So like, for instance, I started with this habit of when I woke up in the morning, just like mumbling into the room, good morning, Lord.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I know it sounds so silly, but it's almost like that, that first thing in the morning recognition that he's already here. Yeah. Waiting for you to acknowledge that he is here
1: mm.
0: and he actually has it, <laughs> he's yeah. got it. Yeah, totally. like he's he already knows what's coming. Yes, he already knows what your morning's going to be like. He already knows what your day is going to be. He already knows what's coming. Yes, and that, like, that little prayer that. Three-word prayer. It is... Th- good morning is two separate words, Yeah, absolutely. It? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to remind people yeah, no, that good. because I've gotten a few emails and it was like, this should be two separate words. Okay. I just want to remind people. There's your daily Did grammar you
1: just, lesson. You just stuck the... didn't hyphenate it? They didn't hyphenate it. It was like,
0: good morning, all one word. Okay, interesting. I think that's like the German... Germans, don't they like, guten... I do think that's still two words Why I word to it? speak yeah. German yeah. on this podcast? <laughs>
1: German sponsors are available.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not Good Morning at all, in any language. Anyway, that that three-word prayer, and we talked about last episode. We're like, listen, you lower the bar. Yeah, there is power in intention, and I, I sometimes I think that I, I try to go too far. I'm like, okay, I need a whole prayer meeting. Yeah, and maybe I do need a prayer meeting. But what I need before I can even get to the prayer meeting is just simplicity. Yeah. That good morning, Lord. Yeah. Good morning, Lord. It's an it's an acknowledgement of you. And in, at the end of my day, there are times when I go, good night, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds so overly simplistic, but I would challenge anybody listening to this to try it. Yeah. I was chatting to Andrew the other day because um, I think sometimes when you have, when you start having kids mm-hmm. and you have very small children, mm-hmm. I don't think I was prepared for my creativity to completely walk out the door. Right. I, I, in anything, I used to love to cook. I hated to cook when my kids were toddlers. Mm-hmm. I hated to cook. I was like, just get it done. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was no joy in it anymore. Yeah. Um, writing music, I had disciplined myself to do it. I there was no spontaneity. It wasn't just welling up in me. And I genuinely thought, as you do, you think the things are the, the way things are are the way they're always going to be. Right. I thought that's the end of my creativity. I'll never be creative again. Yep. Yeah. And then um, recently started doing a project, sort of throwing myself into the project. Started first as a discipline. Sure. Then it kind of like consumed me. It was like all I thought about. Then I started to like come up with ideas about everything in life. I was like, I can make my kids school better. I can, you know, and I had to like discipline myself. And I was chatting to Andrew and I said, you know, I think creativity begets creativity. That's good. And so what starts as a discipline. Yeah will turn into a natural reaction, an overflowing, an energy. Yep. And so for me, I have realized that prayer yes. begets prayer in my life. So those these little moments in our liturgies, and our days, in our habits of the home um, rhythms, it's more than just that prayer that you're saying. It's a seed planted that if we do it consistently, I am... A, Testimony to this, it begets more, and it's a na- and th- that more is a natural outflowing. Absolutely. Of the connection points that you've disciplined yourself to make throughout your day.
1: Hundred percent. I think that's that's so helpful. Uh, Brother Lawrence used to say that the least little remembrance will always be the most pleasing to God. Yeah. So even in the thick of our day, whenever life is so busy. It is the smallest interaction. It's the yeah. three words of "Good morning, Lord." That yeah. actually, if yeah, I, I would love to agree with Brother Lawrence on this. Actually, that that's what pleases God the most. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the big, long prayers. It's not the most passionate prayers. It's actually just this. Is just the moment of Lord. I'm I'm just coming to you. Absolutely. I'm I'm turning my gaze towards you, even though it is the shortest, shortest thing. Yeah. I find a story really helpful this year, just as we talked last episode of Emma and I getting used to lowering our expectations. Um, There's a story that Ronald Rollheiser, um, he's a a priest from the States. He talks about um, leading a workshop where he's talking about the importance of praying for an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) at the end of the session, there's a young mum that comes to him and is a little bit exacerbated, is completely thrown off and ultimately is asking him, how on earth, Father, do you expect me to pray for an hour a day mm-hmm. whenever I've got kids just constantly, like, screaming for my attention? I just, like, how on earth can I do that? And then he then responds um, by sharing an anecdote from a priest um, called uh, Carlo Carreto, who's an Italian priest. And he, as you do, decided to take himself off to the Sahara for, I think it was 12 years, just to be with the Lord. All right, so want to take up the kind of like desert mother and father that thing? Why does
0: the Lord never call me to these things? <laughs> I, I want
1: to go. <laughs> well, the Did Sahara for twelve years is like that's a that's a long old stress <laughs> in the desert, but um, but he gets he he goes for twelve years to just to pray to live as a hermit. Yeah, just to spend time with the Lord. Ultimately, like this is sort of the apex of christian spirituality this and is, is like this
0: because you're so holy or is this supposed to make you holy
1: well for i i guess probably both you know in terms of i think the call cause if
0: go, it's because you're so holy i'm definitely not getting
1: that <laughs> well maybe <laughs> like but he ultimately i guess wants to live in his mind the most holiest of lives yeah. like has constant connection with god and to become as much like jesus as he possibly can so he goes to the extreme lengths of going to the sahara for 12 years he has to return back from that uh, to spend time with his mother who's dying and Corletto uh, sorry Carlo Correto, he expresses whenever he spends time with his mother that actually his mum was more holy mm-hmm. more contemplative than he was mm. and the reason for that was because she spent 30 years raising children Whoa. and he it's such an interesting reflection Um, Rolheiser talks about this by saying that there was something very right about the years that his mother lived, an interrupted life amid the noise and the demands of small children. Yeah. And he goes on to say that there are really two aspects of the monastic life. Number one is a withdrawal from the world. Mm-hmm. That's why you kind of live in a monastery or mm. you retreat to a desert or whatever. But the second aspect of it is harmony with the mild. Mm -hmm. And children being the mildest of the mild, they're Mm -hmm. like Eliza's 15 months is like, she needs us for everything. Uh, And ultimately what Rolheiser is saying is parents, you don't need to pray for an hour a day. Actually praying, or sorry, parenting is a little bit like a monastery in and of (laughs) itself. You know, he would say parenting, it stretches your heart right the way out because your time isn't your own. And so you're constantly in this life of service. Mm-hmm. And now Rollheiser is a pain to say, and we I think it's important for us to say prayer is still really important. Absolutely. Um, but there's something of the the monastery of parenthood, if we could call it like that, that it does the spirit is at work in mm-hmm. very similar ways. Mm-hmm. Um he is shaping us and he is forming us in the thick of our parenting life mm. and so I guess what I want to say particularly to those of us who are are stressed right now like life is is frantic and it's we're a bit frazzled by it the important thing is not the length of your devotion or the passion of your devotion but it is what you have said mm-hmm. it is the consistency of your devotion yeah. even though it may be the shortest shortest thing that you know for what you you were saying about you know, creativity begetting creativity or prayer begetting prayer, the most important thing in that discipline moving into a kind of free flowing rhythm that becomes a joy, is that you didn't tap out. Yeah. You didn't take yourself off the pitch. You didn't say I'm gonna I'm gonna bench myself out here for a while and I'll whenever I feel ready again I'm gonna go back in. No, you disciplined yourself to stay on the field, mm-hmm. and that's the most important thing here. Whenever it comes to prayer. And whenever it comes to modeling the life of Jesus, even to our family, is even if it might be for the shortest amount of time,
0: yeah,
1: just commit yourself to that um there's no real rules to pray other than you just gotta pray, yeah, and so whenever it comes to raising kids in the faith, it can be done in so many different ways, but the most important, the most central thing is just doing it yeah and and just and doing it in a way that allows you to stay consistent with it over the long haul. That's the most important thing. And so I just want to encourage those of us who are listening and truthfully Emma and I are in the thick of us right now of the consistency is the most important thing. Yep. And if it feels like a discipline, that's okay. Yeah. It will turn into joy yeah. one day, as you've said. Yeah. Um, that's the hope. But it's just important just to stick at this and also recognising that if it is, you know, I think I said this in the last episode, our kind of daily devotion time with Eliza, it probably takes 90 seconds over the course of our day. Mm -hmm. If we can commit to that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and stick with it as much as we possibly can every single day, that will set us up for the long haul really, really well. So I guess I just want to encourage families that whenever it comes to this, that it is the small, it's the deliberate, it's the daily and often um, that really, really works, but also recognizing that the ordinary things of life don't take us out of life with Jesus. Actually, they propel us right into the center of it. Um, I, I just want to share. We'll maybe talk about hope specifically in a second, but um, I want to share a prayer that I've prayed often um this past year. Um, it's a prayer from a, a prayer book that we found really helpful uh, called Every Moment Holy, but there's a liturgy in it. For changing diapers, I love it. <laughs> um, and I've found myself returning back to this prayer because I've had to change a lot of nappies this past year, and um, but in this prayer, in this liturgy, um, let me just read two kind of sections of it, and then I'll just bounce off it. But um, the prayer goes like this: I am not just changing a diaper. I'll stick with diaper, but you know what I mean by that. By love and service, I am tending a budding heart that rooted early in such grace-filled devotion might one day be more readily inclined to bow to your compassionate conviction, knowing itself then as both a receptacle and a reservoir of heavenly grace. And so this little act of diapering, though in form sometimes felt as base drudgery, might be better described as one of 10,000 acts by which I am actively creating a culture of compassionate service and selfless love to shape the life of this family and this beloved child Mm. and this is a beautiful prayer but it speaks to what you're saying of the importance of recognizing that even in discipline Mm -hmm. even in short bursts or short acts of prayer of short acts of devotion to Jesus in the thick of our busy lives that it is those small things that actually create a culture Mm. you can look at your you know good morning lord prayer is like is that all it is Mm -hmm. and yet you could also look at it in another way of it is one of thousands of acts of commitment to god over the long haul of your life and so it's just important to recognize how we see things Mm -hmm. and how we see our life with jesus that if changing a nappy can be offered to god as a prayer could be offered to god And also to Eliza as an active formation for Mm -hmm. her recognizing that actually, no, I'm serving her because Mm -hmm. I'm setting her up for a life of service that even the quickest, most rushed prayer Mm -hmm. can still be a powerful act of devotion to Jesus, a powerful act of us making room for him um, and allowing ourselves to be open to the powers of the spirit. And so I know that in one sense, we're just saying the same thing in multiple different ways of lowering expectations recognizing in the busyness of life that jesus can still be at work yeah and recognizing that our commitment our intentionality is the most important thing yeah but even in the reality of life and the reality of you you know maybe picking up the advent prayer book in this season and like this is the last thing i've got time for but i'm yeah. calling my family together and you know my teenage son is you know huffing like huffing away in the corner <laughs> and trying to bring him into the thick of all of this and and it feels hard and difficult your commitment to do that, even though it is tough in the moment, it is creating a culture, it's creating yeah. a legacy yeah. that will allow your children to be able to step into devotion to Jesus whenever it's hard. Absolutely. Because the reality is, is that devotion to Jesus is pretty much always hard. Yeah, It's always difficult yeah. and it always takes place in the context of ordinary life. Absolutely. Which is stretching, it's challenging. And so if we can train our children to... Follow Jesus in that way, man. That will set them up for a That's lifetime right. of discipleship.
0: That's right. I love you said something there. The interrupted life, mm. and if I have to think about one way to describe the act of hospitality, yeah, and hosting, I think sometimes we conflate um, hospitality with hanging out with friends. Sure. And it's not that you can't be hospitable with your friends, Yes. but the spiritual act of hospitality Mm. is built upon the foundational principle of sacrifice. Absolutely. So for me,
1: Mm.
0: I mean, the reality is we're so blessed. We have a ton of friends, Mm. you know, people that really cost us nothing to hang out with them. And actually we gain Mm. so much. There are also times when I am hosting people where it's the wrong day of the week. I could not be bothered. It's, I want to be in my bed in my pajamas, Mm -hmm. watching my show on ITVX. ITVX, if you would like to sponsor us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Other channels are also like... I mean, we're opening them to them all. I would love that Netflix money. So, (laughs) uh, Netflix... (laughs) if. You know, Apple TV, Disney, actually Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. You need
0: that Disney money, is yeah. What we need. If you want to sponsor us,
1: Mickey Mouse, please do.
0: <laughs> but there are times when you realize that you're there's a difference between hanging out with friends and the practicing the spiritual discipline of hospitality. Yeah, yeah. Of the sacrifice, of the principle of my comfort for your comfort. Yes. Right. Yes. And sometimes I, it's that same muscle that we use in the idea of like life's interruptions. Yeah. One of my favorite things, and I, if you never go to the 930 service at LVV, you should absolutely try to do it at least once or twice a month. One of my favorite things is that service is absolutely bonkers. It's like being at the zoo with a bunch of kids. It's like the noises children make. Now like when you get them in a room and like guys you can make as many as much noise as you want. They yep. can be pretty chill. Yep. And that service yep. I'm talking about it tickles me so deeply. And one of the reasons I love that so much is because I've used it's become one of my spiritual disciplines. Yep. To actually not try to block out the sound of the children. Yes. I feel like the Holy Spirit has challenged me to absorb the sound of children in the house of the Lord. That's good. They are so disruptive. Yep. And yet I keep thinking to myself, what is it doing for their wee hearts just to be playing at our feet Mm. whilst the Holy Spirit is invited into a space to speak, to do his work. While his word is being um, preached, that family liturgy we do, mm. I look around, I look at all the kids, like you know, so the smaller ones playing around. It da da da, um, and I just think to myself, there is something so rich, yeah. And we this Western idea of the church where we're like everybody be quiet, absolutely. Children are to be seen and not heard. And yes, there is a bit of that. Like my kids, I'm like, listen, we're going into church. Don't act like crazy. Just (laughs) okay. Like there is a line, you know. But especially the little ones, you know, Eliza walking around. My kids love it when she laughs. They get in the car, they're like, Eliza has the best dirty laugh. She has the the best dirty dirty laugh. laugh.
1: It's a beautiful dirty laugh.
0: And there's something so wonderful when we take the interruptions of life. Yes. And stop resenting them. Mm. Mm. Very good. And absorb them into our own spiritual formation. It's great. It's like the Lord every Sunday is like, don't you dare act like the noise of these children isn't the most incredible sound to my ears. It's good. The children in the house of the Lord. And so as we are going into a season where we are... Staring down the barrel of some pretty high intensity um, and high stakes hosting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I often think to myself when we're watching shows like Bear and um, Boiling Point, mm-hmm. there's one part of me that's like, geez, Louise, it's not that dramatic to be in a kitchen. And then I think to myself, the day Christmas, Christmas day, day, absolutely, it is absolutely, like people losing their minds, absolutely, people not speaking to people, yep, even just the divvying up of who's gonna cook what. Oh my gosh,
1: yep, yeah, yep.
0: Like my mother in law, don't you try to take that turkey off of her. You'll be prying it from her dead, cold hands. <laughs> She is doing the turkey. It is never... Actually, I'm actually really pleased with that. The turkey is scares me. Doing the turkey scares me. Yeah, that's me. good. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, you crack on. ...happy. I'm you like pleased on. with the turkey. Yeah. But
0: there's like all of these things. Is so... The high stakes of this hosting... Yeah. ...that we have to remember that the imperfection, the interruption... Part of hosting hope and hosting heaven Mm. is not closing the door and denying the interruption. It's actually opening the door and acknowledging interruptions, the imperfections. I think that's the one thing I'm still trying to learn as a host is actually a good host isn't making a perfect performance. A good host um, understands how to respond in the face of imperfection.
1: Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. Just as you're speaking there, you know, as we talk about what it means to host hope, it really struck me actually that whenever we consider the advent of Jesus, it is him being hope, um, arriving into what we talked about in the last episode, like the mucky dangers of our lives. Mm-hmm. And yet Advent is also this wonderful opportunity. You, you talked in the last episode again of how we don't really talk about the cross, during Advent and so important that we do, but actually what we also don't talk about, what we really should is the second advent of Christ, which is his Mm -hmm. return. And Advent does, it does point us in the direction of his second arrival, his second coming, which is ultimately the source of hope. And whenever you read kind of the sweep of the New Testament, whenever the, the biblical writers are talking about what will that be like? What is what is Jesus going to be doing whenever he returns? What you realise is that he is not somebody that's just burns up everything and we're gonna start afresh. Mm-hmm. Actually he takes what is human and is within his created order as messy and as dysfunction as we are, mm-hmm. and he redeems it. Mm-hmm. It's not like Jesus isn't about a do-over, he's actually about taking the raw elements of our ordinary lives, the raw elements of our bodies the raw elements of his creation and is about renewing it. Mm-hmm. And so often what we try to do with life is that we just want to have the, like, actually, we just want to do over all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff is broken, need to move on. As opposed to actually being open to hope, which is all about renewal. Yeah. Taking what is actual and real, honoring it mm-hmm. and renewing it, making yeah. it new. And I think that's what's so important for us as we approach this Advent is allowing ourselves to recognize that actually hope doesn't mean, okay, we're just going to start all over again, Mm -mm. but it's actually, we're just going to open ourselves up to renewal and to the redeemer. Mm -hmm. And I I think whenever it comes to this Advent, it's really, we've touched on a lot of things in this episode, but I think our hope is that people will actually get to experience hope this Advent Mm -hmm. to be open to hosting hope. And it does begin by us creating space to be hospitable mm-hmm. um, and a creating space for us to be open, to literally lay a table for the Lord to come and dine with us and mm-hmm. to, be, to be open to him. Um, I'd love to share just a, a quote from a good friend of ours, Alan Emerson, um, about hope, because I think it sums up a lot of what we've talked about and might wrap it up as we maybe kind of wrap up this episode. Um, Alan says this, and this is from his brilliant book, Luminous Dark, which um, we'll put in the show notes to link to that because it's a phenomenal book. But um, he he says this about hope. To be fully alive is to be Mm hope-filled. It follows that when, when we are hopeless, we are less than our true selves. We are deficient. We can't avoid disappointment in life, and we're certainly not immune to it. But the greater truth is that we were created for hope. uh, Seasons of disappointment will come. We should expect them and we may go through times when disappointment is a deeply real experience, but it should not be our fixed position. Hope should be our default mindset, our go-to theme, the soundtrack of our lives. Hope can become a constant for the child of God. Hope is both our compass and our destination. Not only is hope the resident theme of our story, It also shapes and forms our very souls. Mm. It's beautiful. so good. And we recognize that for many of us as we approach this Advent, we're restless. We carry this restlessness in our spirit, in our souls, in our bodies, in our schedules. Mm -hmm. We're just frantically moving through life. And yet we do sense that this Advent We need to just open ourselves up to hope Mm -hmm. and open ourselves up to the hope giver but recognizing that he is hope within himself and as we open ourselves up to hope there's a sense of peace and joy and love is what we also get to experience and I, i guess that is our prayer and but also i think it's okay to say our challenge for us all is if hope is to be the soundtrack of our lives if hope is our default mindset or go-to thing, we need to create as much space as we physically can mm-hmm. to be open to that. Absolutely. Recognizing that if we don't, we'll so easily slip back into restlessness. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we really want to encourage you as you work through these prayers, these blessings, these times of reading the scripture, lighting candles with your family, with your household, to even if it is a bit frazzled getting there, just to consistently do this to open yourself up to hope and just recognize that throughout it all that the spirit is at work mm-hmm. filling us um opening us up to experience something to be like mystics to experience hope mm-hmm. in the thick of our lives and I guess that's our prayer that's so for good. everybody as we as we journey through Advent together.
0: That is so good. Um well yeah as we bring this to a close um I really—it's my prayer that all of us connected to this community of Lagan Valley Vineyard—and open ourselves up to host hope this Advent. Mm. To um, and what's really funny about this idea of hope versus that restlessness, yep. is that they both actually start with the acknowledgement of the longing. Absolutely, that we have. It's very good. Yeah, And so as we are sort of bringing this to a close um, and uh, Stu probably will pray for us this idea of acknowledging that not everything is as it should be Mm. yet. Mm. And instead of filling that space with stuff with scrolling with um, hopes that aren't even based on Jesus, you know, like that as the Christmas that is not yeah. possible. Michael Buble will not come to your home and sing for you, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Filling it then with Jesus.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: With an admission and a confession of our need for him. Yeah. This advent. All right. Stu, would you uh close us in prayer?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. I just encourage you wherever you are and with whatever you're doing if you can just pause for a moment and take a couple of breaths just gather yourself literally make room lay a table for the Lord and there's a a word that the biblical writers use to describe that sense of longing and it is the word Maranatha Mm. which means come Lord Jesus and I just encourage you just wherever you are just as you just sit or stand or whether you're inside or outside just to bring yourself before Jesus you might want to open your hands out in front of you But I just encourage you, whether it's a whisper, or slightly louder than that, just to utter the word, Maranatha. Hmm. I want to take another moment and do it again. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, this Advent, even though it might not feel as if there is a tonne of room, we want to make as much room for you as we possibly can. Lord, we want our souls to leap once again. We want to be open to your spirit filling us afresh. And so, Lord, I pray that our homes would be full of hope. But I pray that our hearts would be full of hope also. Mm. Lord, we are restless until we find our rest in you. And so this Advent, in the thick of it all, I pray that we would experience the rest that comes from your presence.
0: Mm.
1: So Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for that. You guys, mm. we will see you next episode. Uh, don't forget to go back and check out the episodes from even last year. Mm. Um, check out those amazing Spotify playlists. We'll link those in the show notes. And, um, if you really love that story about the mother and the monk, uh, that Stuart shared with us, we'll link that in the, yeah. uh, show notes too, because it's wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful read. Anyway, be blessed Enjoy this week's uh, Advent readings, and we'll see you next time. See ya.